0: strategy without consistency is just haphazard and ineffective brainstorming. If you're one of those visionary leaders and you know who you are, that you're just, man, you've got ideas every time you get in the shower, get in your truck or go for a run. If you're one of those people that's hyper creative, if you're one of those people that loves big blue sky thinking, if you're the type of person that can't live without your whiteboard, I'm talking to you right now. Strategy without consistency, is just haphazard and ineffective brainstorming. Well, hey there if we I'm not yet met, My name's Alex Shedd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. Businesses that win always have two things. A clear and unified vision of where the organization is going and a plan for consistently executing on the things that matter most over an extended period of time. I'm going to say it again. You need to make sure you have two absolutely mission-critical things within your organization. Not only do you need to have them, you need to make sure your team is aligned on them. You want to make sure that you have a clear and unified vision of where the business is going. This is your desired future, and it's what we've been talking about in the past few podcasts, really focusing on making sure that you are defining and documenting the future that the the team as a collective is actively pursuing. But then, once you've got that vision, that vision will really just be a wish unless you have a plan. And so I want you to really hear this phrase. I want you to internalize this phrase. I would even challenge you to memorize this phrase. You need to have a plan for consistently executing on the things that matter most over an extended period of time. How does vision translate into execution? Well, the answer to that question is strategy. And before we jump into the practicality of how strategic planning and strategic accountability and execution happens within an organization, I first wanna make sure we're aligned on a few principles and truths about strategy because I think the word strategy is a word that can often be misused and abused. So let's just run through four principles related to the topic of strategy. Principle one, starting with strategy is reacting, starting with vision is leading in so many ways, strategy is really a question about how. Now, it's a broader and bigger question about how than just the tactical, practical question of how, but really it's saying, what are the important things that we need to focus on? What is the method? What is the vehicle that is going to take us from here to there in this season? That's a question that's related to strategy. Now, if we're asking that question of what do we need to focus on or how are we going to focus on it, and we haven't defined a clear vision of of the future, well how on earth are we going to answer that question? Well, the only way that you can possibly answer a how question if you haven't defined your desired future is by looking down and in at the present. And so you can say, okay, well, we're going to do this, or we need to focus on this, or we want to make sure we dedicate our time, attention, and resources to this. But you're not making those decisions based on a compelling vision of where you want to be. Rather, you're basing those decisions based on your assessment of where things currently are. And here's the deal, that by nature is reacting, right? Instead of saying like, let's go create something that isn't, we're saying, let's just strictly respond to what is. And what I will tell you is that if you've been put in a position where you feel like you're constantly putting out fires, where you feel like you're never getting to spend time doing what you love, where your organization kind of feels like it's in this rut or in it's stuck, and you never get to step into the creative territory of making the type of impact you want to make or of developing team members the way you want to develop them or being able to surprise and delight customers the way you'd love to surprise and delight your customers, almost always when that's the case, For an extended period of time, it's because we've been starting with the question how instead of the question where. Because here's what I know to be true. It never becomes convenient to start pursuing a worthwhile vision. And so often leaders fall for this lie that, okay, I'm going to solve all these problems. And then once we get all these problems squared away and solved, well, then we're going to have time to start actually chasing what we actually want this business to be. It doesn't work that way. You need to have the courage and the imagination and the creativity to envision the future that you want and to document it and then to start taking steps toward it, although they may be small and they may be slow, instead of just simply reacting to the present. I'm gonna say it again, starting with strategy is reacting, starting with vision is leading. So what does that actually look like? Well, we're gonna first define where do we want to go? What are the outcomes that we want to accomplish? And yes, this certainly applies to the three to five year vision for your business, but it also applies to the meeting that you're about to run or the project that you're engaged in or the person that you're about to hire. You want to start with the desired outcomes. Where do we want to go? What do we want to accomplish? And then out of those desired outcomes, you want to work backwards. Then you want to ask the question, okay. How do we want to go about accomplishing that? And what are the proper things that we need to focus on? Let's say it one more time. Starting with strategy is reacting. Starting with vision is leading. Principle two, specificity of strategy never exceeds specificity of vision. Let's imagine a scenario real quick. So I'm in beautiful, sunny Tempe, Arizona. And what if I told you, hey, uh, we're going to go on a vacation from Tempe, Arizona to the Northeast? Well, that's a pretty broad destination, right? And because it's a pretty broad destination, like there's a billion different ways, there's a bunch of different routes that we could possibly take to get from Tempe, Arizona to the quote unquote Northeast. Now compare that scenario to this scenario. Hey, I'm in Tempe, Arizona. I want you to meet me in Tempe, Arizona. We're going to get on a bus tomorrow at 6 a.m. and we're going to drive from Tempe to 6th Street and Manchester in New York City. Well, now we've chosen a very specific destination, right? We've literally chosen an intersection. It's defined, it's tangible, it's on the map. And because we've gotten specific about our destination, there's one, maybe two best possible ways for getting there. The specificity of your strategy will never exceed the specificity of your vision. So often I see leaders that are plagued by indecision and they're asking the question, well, gosh, I just don't know what to do next. I don't know what the next right step is. And it makes them stagnant. And when you become stagnant, you stop making progress. And when you stop making progress, you you feel incredibly fragile and feeble and weak. But here's the deal. Oftentimes, those leaders don't have a strategy problem. They have a vision problem. Because the minute that those leaders get really specific about, okay, well, where are we going? And and don't just tell me broadly. Tell me specifically. Give me the Sixth Street and Manchester example of where you are going with your business, where you're going with this department, where you're going with this meeting, what you're trying to accomplish, what you want to see by the time this thing is done. Get hyper-specific. And it's amazing how if the leader that is confused and stagnant and stultified gets really specific about where the what they want to go, you know what becomes remarkably clear almost instantly? The best next step. And the reason why is because the blurriness of our strategy is often reflective of the fact that our vision is incredibly blurry. So if you ever find yourself in a position where you or someone on your team is stagnant because they're confused about what the right next action is, well, then I would challenge you to return to the question, what are we trying to accomplish long-term? Where are we going? What are the success statements associated with this project, this meeting, this role, or this business? The specificity of your strategy will never exceed the specificity of your vision. Two more principles. Impact-driven leaders are relentlessly stubborn on vision and surprisingly flexible on strategy. Here's what I want for you. I want you to be a leader that holds so tightly to your mission, which is why you exist, to your core values, which is what your business stands for, and to your vision, which is where your business is going. I want you to guard those things. I want you to talk about those things. I want you to not deviate from those things. I want you to be so remarkably stubborn and obstinate about the fact that this is why our business exists. This is what we stand for. This is where we're going. And gosh dang it, like if that's not you, then that just probably means that you're not us, right? And and you're gonna be remarkably, relentlessly, unconventionally stubborn about your mission, your values, and your vision. You're gonna get so deliberately committed to those core decisions that were already pre-decided because because that advanced decision-making that you do as it relates to those three questions is gonna matriculate into so many other decisions and it's gonna ultimately define the identity and the heart and the soul of your business. So you're gonna be relentlessly stubborn on mission, values, and vision. And then you're gonna be surprisingly flexible on strategy. The things that you want to guard as a business leader our mission, values, vision, mission, values, vision, mission, values, vision. Your team members should be able to mock you. They should be able to do hilarious imitations of you talking about the company's core values because they've heard you do it so many times. That's what we're looking for. But then here's what's really cool is if you can be the leader that does such a good job of defining the purpose and making sure it's in the heartbeat of every person that's on the team and making sure you're constantly reiterating the core values and telling stories around the core values, and doubling down and capitalizing on and rewarding the core values and then casting that vision and documenting that vision and making sure that the process is built around this is where we are going. This is what we're focused on. This is the thing that we're aiming at because this is the desired future that we want to see become reality. If you can be so relentlessly committed to that, it's so cool that you then get to empower your people with, hey, the how is up for grabs. And it's wild if you do this, especially if you've got people on your team that come from more of an enterprise background or a corporate background, and they're like coming to you to get approval on every decision, or they're asking for your thoughts on things, or they're asking you to make every decision for them. And you just say, I trust your judgment. Just keep our core values and our mission in mind. I love this. Whenever this happens for a little bit, they'll just look at you and their jaw will drop to the floor and they'll be like, I trust your judgment. that, That sentence doesn't make sense to me. I've never heard that sentence before, right? It's so powerful for empowering people when you can tell them, hey, this is the game that we're playing, mission, values, vision. These are the boundaries that we're operating within. This is the destination that we're moving towards. And as long as you understand those things and it fits within those things, take wild, aggressive, free action and make decisions. I trust your judgment. Be the type of leader that is so supportive of their people defining creative and new hows for the desired what and why. That's the type of leader you wanna be. And the reason why that's the case is because that's the type of leader people want to follow. Now, I don't want you to confuse what I'm saying here as a contradiction to everything that we teach here and then within the password Growth community around operationalization. Of course, once we have a best way of doing something, we are going to document that best how, and then we're going to make sure we're constantly evaluating and improving it. And it's that evaluating and improving piece that we're actually talking about right here. Because if anyone on your team who's on the front lines, who's doing the work, who's seeing the customer interactions, if anyone in that position ever says, I think there's a better way to do this, do you really want them to be like, well, but that way doesn't align with the way we've always done it, so therefore I can't try it? No, that is a culture of complacency that drifts into stagnation and ultimately dies. So you want to be able to define and document your best practices, and then you want to create a culture within your team of the idea that the best practice can always be made better. And the minute better avails itself to us, we're going to pursue that, confirm it, and then we're going to document that as our new best practice. Final principle, strategy without consistency is just haphazard and ineffective brainstorming. If you're one of those visionary leaders and you know who you are, that you're just, man, you've got ideas every time you get in the shower, get in your truck or go for a run. If you're one of those people that's hyper creative, if you're one of those people that loves big blue sky thinking, if you're the type of person that can't live without your whiteboard, I'm talking to you right now. Strategy without consistency is just haphazard and ineffective brainstorming. Here's the deal. So often we have these meetings where we say, let's talk ideas, let's have strategy, and, and we'll even set aside Massive amounts of money in terms of like we're going to rent an Airbnb or a co working space, right? And we're bringing all of our team members there and we're spending all this payroll to have everyone in the same room. We're paying for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Because it's a full day offsite. And then we sit in the room and we just talk about ideas and we talk about dreams and we talk about everything we're excited about. And then whenever it comes to implementation and execution, the room goes quiet, or that conversation doesn't happen at all. And whenever we actually look up a quarter from that meeting and we say, What is different today because of that meeting? Like, what is practically and actionably different today, tangibly, because we had that meeting? We don't have an answer. That's the risk you run if you don't create a system. For engaging in strategic thought that transfers into strategic action. And I'm gonna give you just a preview of what our system looks like here in just a second. But here's the deal I see so many people saying that their team engages in strategic planning meetings. And in reality, they just do a lot of haphazard and accidental brainstorming that doesn't actually create results. And even if it does create results, those results aren't lasting and sustainable. And so, of course, like, I hope you know my heart here. I, I am one of the leaders that I describe being hyper creative, being having a ton of ideas every time I turn around. I am that person, right? But here's what I had to learn from my business is that unless I submit to a plan and a process for ensuring that all of that vision, all that creativity, all that opportunity, all that excitement transfers into a system for consistent priority and action, all I'm doing is brainstorming. And I shouldn't call it strategic planning. I should just call it brainstorming and just call it what it is. But if you want to be the type of organization that consistently executes on the things that matter most over an extended period of time, you want to participate in strategic planning. And so it's with that, that I just want to share with you two rhythms that we use within Path for Growth to ensure that we are consistently strategically planning as a leadership team, and then to make sure that we're consistently executing on the plans that we establish. And so this takes part in two meetings. One occurs once a quarter and one occurs every single week. The meetings are reserved for our leadership team. And it's really crucial that before you step into this process of strategic planning and strategic accountability, you make sure you've got a really defined leadership team that you say, man, this fits the criteria of what an effective leadership team should be. That's why we teach the creation of an effective leadership team as our third fundamental within the path for growth process for healthy growth, because we think it's so important that you get the right people in the room and you create a format for those people working together before you ever engage in strategic planning and strategic accountability. But once you've got the right people established, you're going to establish what's called a strategic planning meeting that occurs quarterly and a strategic accountability meeting that occurs weekly. And so let's first start with the quarterly strategic planning meeting. What did we say at the beginning of this episode? We said the leaders that win have that clear vision, and then from there, they have a plan for consistently executing on the things that matter most over an extended period of time. In reality, the quarterly strategic planning meeting is really formulated around one question that's embedded in that statement. What? Matters most in this season. So, if leadership is taking people from here to there, we've defined our there with a vision charter, which is what we've described in the past few episodes of this podcast series. And now we got to start taking consistent action on the things that matter most. And we certainly can't do everything in order to get from here to there all at once. If we're going to eat this elephant over the course of five years, we need to take it one bite at a time. And so when we come to the question of what matters most, the way that we make sure that we're consistently applying ourselves to that question, what matters most in this season is through the vehicle of the quarterly strategic plan planning meeting. I want to share with you the success statements that our leadership team leverages for this meeting. These are also the success statements that we teach to leaders around the country. Number 1, the leadership team was open and honest with reflection, feedback and affirmation. Number 2, the mission and values of the organization were evaluated and discussed openly and honestly. Number three, the team evaluated the current standing of the organization through the lens of the vision charter. Number four, actionable and achievable strategic priorities were documented that will progress the business from the current state towards the desired state. And number five, the team is committed to an ongoing rhythm of accountability to evaluate progress and ensure focus. So... If we can accomplish those five statements, and I'm going to get into some of the how here in just a second, but first I want to make sure we understand what we're talking about here. So if we can accomplish those five statements over the course of a day that happens once a quarter, then we will have one as it relates to the quarterly strategic planning meeting. So let's just jump into each of these statements and I'll give you a little bit of insight into the process and how of what we're talking about. First success statement. The leadership team was open and honest with reflection, feedback, and affirmation. Our leadership team often looks at the quarterly strategic planning meeting as this opportunity to sit and say, where are we? And then ask the question, where are we going? But it's first really helpful for us to take a deep breath and say, man, we just accomplished a quarter's worth of work. There were times where we won big. There were times where, man, it really hurt. There were times where I got kind of irritated with you. There were times where I felt like we worked so well together. And what's crazy is sometimes in the middle of the quarter, we can be moving so fast and we can be taking action so aggressively that we never step back just to say, what did we learn from all that? And also, do I have any feedback for the other leaders on this team that I haven't necessarily been avoiding giving them? I just haven't had the time. And so the way we like to start this meeting is with a facilitated discussion around open and honest feedback around just saying, hey, uh, what did we learn from this season? What were the highlights of this season? What were the hard moments of this season? How did you experience this past quarter? So we're going to look back on what was and extract everything we can, because what's that principle we always talk about on here? There's not value in experience. There's value in. In evaluated experience. This is a time for the leadership team to say, we just did a quarter's worth of work. Let's make sure we're not losing any of the value that's embedded through that quarter. Let's make sure we're extracting all the principles, all the lessons, and everything that we can take to improve and move forward. The next success statement, the mission and values of the organization were evaluated and discussed openly and honestly. This is what I think most people miss in their quarterly strategic planning meetings. So we said that we've already got our mission and values established. Then we establish our vision. That's the order that we do it in within the path to growth fundamentals that we walk our one-on-one customers through. And so then we're on this march, this 20 mile march to use Jim Collins language towards that vision. What I often see happens is people start chasing that vision and they get so relentlessly and aggressively focused on that vision. And meanwhile, they leave their core values and their mission in the dust. And so while they may actually be hitting their goals, their team members are becoming less unified. The leader is becoming more miserable. And the reason why they started and what they stand for, those things are no longer evident in the organization. And I think the reason why that happens is because there's no codified and concretized rhythm in the business or in the organization for making sure, hey, are we still holding true and living in alignment with our organization's mission and core values? I value this time as the owner of our business, because it makes sure that I'm held accountable to, hey, you're not leading us somewhere that is completely different than who we are and what the soul of this business is and what God has called us to. It's a powerful time for us, and we have a really systematic way of doing it that we teach our one-on-one customers within Path for Growth, We have a systematic way for just saying, okay, let's red, yellow, green. How are we doing as it relates to the the mission in these core areas? And then how are we doing as it relates to our core values in these essential areas? But here's the deal. It doesn't have to be as methodical as that. It can just literally be 30 minutes to say, hey, here's our mission. How are we doing? Are there examples of where we're living in alignment with that? Are there examples of where we're not? And then you can ask, hey, here's our core values. How are we doing? Are there examples of where we're living in alignment in that? And are there examples where we're not? Success statement number three, the team evaluated the current standing of the organization through the lens of the vision charter. So we've got a whole document that describes where we want to be quantitatively and qualitatively three years from now, right? That's called our vision charter. And at this point in the quarterly strategic planning meeting, we just read, yellow, green the whole document and the success statements that are on that document. And we say, the document describes where we want to be, where are we at as it relates to where we want to be? If you're familiar with our content around operationalizing, this is our time to rhythmically evaluate our vision. And then the rest of the strategic planning meeting will be us having conversation around how do we improve and how do we move forward towards the desired ideal and standard. Next, actionable and achievable strategic priorities were documented that will progress the business from the current state towards the desired state. So what's so cool is after we read, yellow, green, the vision charter that we're moving towards, we basically got a picture of here's where we're at compared to where we want to be. Now, in our strategic planning meetings and what we often do with our customers, we'll also do a couple different exercises. We'll do maybe a SWOT, which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And also an exercise that I was taught a long time ago called the four helpfuls. What's working, what's broken, what's missing and what's confusing. And in light of those two exercises and the red, yellow, green of the vision charter, what, what do we end up with? Well, we end up with a picture of where are we at today? And then as it relates to this next success statement, we then ask a really powerful question. We say, what are the three to five priorities that if we were to focus on them over the course of the next 90 days, they would do the most work in terms of moving us towards our long-term vision? And what's wild is because the vision is specific and we've got a clear understanding of where we are today, it's typically not very hard for our leadership team to get unified around these answers. Now, sometimes there will be discrepancies on, I think this is more urgent, or I think this is more urgent, or I think this is more important than this. But oftentimes we're radically unified because in the picture of this is where we are, And in the picture of this is where we want to be, and we're both unified on that, it becomes remarkably clear, like we already said, of what the next step is. And so, we're going to document those strategic priorities, and we're also going to document in the strategic planning meeting what winning looks like within those strategic priorities at the end of the next quarter. And then finally, the team is committed to an ongoing rhythm of accountability to evaluate progress and ensure focus. And so just because we establish priorities doesn't mean that anything's going to happen on them. So the first thing we do is we describe or define the owners for those priorities. But then it's like, okay, what's our rhythm of execution? And the way that we ensure we are held accountable to taking action so that we can cross the finish line as it relates to these priorities is through our strategic accountability meeting. And that is the meeting rhythm that occurs weekly. So to wrap up this section, we have a quarterly strategic planning meeting. The purpose of that meeting is to answer the question, what matters most in this season? We start with feedback, then we evaluate how we're doing as it relates to the mission and values. We evaluate where we're at on the vision charter and define where here is And then in light of where we are today and in light of where we want to be over the course of the next three years, we then ask the question, what are the top three to five things that we need to focus on as a leadership team in the business to move our business towards the long-term vision? And then out of that comes strategic priorities. And then our method for being held accountable to those strategic priorities is going to be in the weekly strategic accountability meeting. I wanna give you insight now into why the Strategic Accountability Meeting exists and what success looks like for this rhythm. The Strategic Accountability Meeting really exists to answer one question, are we doing what we said we would do? So out of our quarterly meeting, we defined some priorities and we defined some 90-day finish lines. And now we have weekly check-ins just to answer the question, are we doing, and the important thing there, are we, and that's important, this is not a. are you or are they, this is a, are we as a leadership team doing what we said we would do? It's an opportunity to ensure that we are making progress on the things that matter most in the organization. Why is that so important? Because focusing on the things that matter most Focusing on the things that are important is so wildly difficult when there's so many things that are urgent. And left to my own devices, and I could apply this to Zach on our team and Olivia on our leadership team as well, left to their own devices, we would forget to focus on what's important and we would only focus on what's urgent. And so this weekly meeting is an opportunity for us to make sure we are keeping our eye on the ball. Now let's go over the success statements for the weekly strategic accountability meeting. What we prescribe for one-on-one customers within the Path for Growth community is that this meeting is for your leadership team. It's 90 minutes long, and we have a really specific agenda that we lay out, but I'm just going to walk through the success statements right now. Strategic priority progress is made known. So we have a method for evaluating how we're doing on the strategic priorities we laid out, and we track these things in Asana. The owner of each priority gives an update on, hey, remember, here's what we're trying to accomplish within this priority. Here's where we're at today. Here's the blockers I'm facing. Here's the questions I have. Here's the thing that I want to make sure the leadership team is aware of. And here's what I think in terms of our ability to hit the finish line by the timeline we said. Now, obviously, it's not always this formal rigid update, but it's just about between three to five minutes for the owner of each priority to make sure they get the leadership team on the same page of, here's the actions we're taking, here's the challenges we're facing, and here's whether or not we think we're going to be able to accomplish this priority or not. Success statement number two, the most important items related to the health and growth of the business were discussed in a manner that was open, action-oriented, and effective. So if you're familiar with EOS, this is very similar to EOS's IDS section of their L10 meeting, although we structure it just a little bit differently. This is a time for the leaders of the meeting to just sit down and document, okay, what are the items? Maybe it's challenges, maybe it's blockers, maybe it's opportunities, maybe it's perceived threats, maybe it's team member issues. What are the items of strategic importance? It's really crucial that the facilitator of this meeting prioritizes the discussion items that are most related to the health and growth of the business. So, if there's anything that is a threat to the culture, that obviously needs to be discussed. But then, beyond that, the other things that have to be discussed are things related to the strategic priorities. Because if we're not taking action on those, well, those are the things that we said matter most. And therefore, those are the things that we should be talking about. The next success statement is each topic of discussion concluded with decisions and or actions. Here's how you ensure this meeting doesn't become haphazard or accidental brainstorming. Every discussion item that you have, you wanna be really clear of what's the question we're trying to answer here. What is the objective? What's the point? What's the aim? What's the intent of this conversation? That's how you avoid wandering and meandering and answering questions that no one actually has or no one actually asked. But then you need to make sure that anytime you finish on a topic, we're gonna end with one of two things, a decision we have made or need to make, and that's gonna be documented, or the actions that we're going to take, and that needs to be documented. Like I already said, we track all of our work and make our work visible in Asana. Obviously, there's a bunch of different platforms you can use. A lot of our Path for Growth customers use a variety of different platforms. But I would just tell you, you need to make sure you have a platform. And you need to make sure that platform is clear and accessible by the members on your team. And then you need to make sure every conversation either results in a decision or an action. Because if you're not if you're not resulting in a decision or an action, it's like, what are you doing? Right? Why do we just spend all that time talking? And so decisions or actions are how we end the conversation. And then finally, the final success statement: action items are defined, documented, and made clear. And so we're just gonna review all of the action items at the end of the meeting, make sure that we're good to go. Everyone's confirmed on the deadlines and what they're actually going to accomplish. And then typically we pray to close out the meeting. And that's just an incredible time for us to remember that like, hey, this isn't our business. This is God's business. We're stewarding it and managing it. And therefore, it's a blessing that we've been given. And we want to make sure we're doing our best to steward that blessing in such a way that it creates uh, an impact for the customers we get to serve. And so that's how we close out the meeting in prayer. The other thing that I would say that's part of the way that we teach this meeting and close out this meeting is we always red, yellow, green the meeting success statements at the end of the meeting. Because it's one thing to start with the end in mind, right? We've got intent for these t- this time. That's our meeting success statements. It's a whole nother thing to end with the end in mind, which is really you asking the question, did we do what we said we would do? And you just run through the success statements and you red, yellow, green them. And then if there's any discrepancies where one leader on the team says green, one says yellow or red, well, then we make sure we address those discrepancies and land on a common answer. Here's what I want to make sure you know out of this. This is what working on the business looks like. So often we think working on the business looks like sitting by the pool with our journal and taking notes and blue sky dreaming. And there's certainly a place for that, right? And I don't wanna say that there's no place for your creative dreaming about your business. But if that creativity doesn't translate into a systemized approach to implementable action, it's literally just a wish. And so you need to make sure that you surround yourself with the right people, being your leadership team, that have different strengths than you. And then you get yourself on a rhythm for asking what matters most in this season and how do we execute on it? And then in your strategic accountability meeting, asking the question, are we doing what we said we could do? And here's the deal. At first, this will be clunky. It will be awkward. You will be bad at it. And your team will be awful at it. And you will feel tempted to quit. That's probably the greatest sign that you're on the right track. Because anytime you're doing something worthwhile, you always meet resistance. Here's my encouragement to you. Stick with it consistency compounds, just get a little bit better every single time. And you'll start to see this momentum build and you'll start to see this becoming a new skill that you develop, which is strategic thinking, strategic discussion and strategic planning. And you'll start to realize maybe two, three, four quarters from now, oh my gosh, this is now something that we're really good at. And the impact that that is going to have for you personally as the owner of a business in terms of your freedom, your flexibility, and the way you're seeing your vision come to life is going to be so invigorating, but then it's also going to be so wildly exciting and remarkably powerful for your team to see what it looks like for a plan to be consistently executed on and to get to participate in that process. Y'all, I hope this content was helpful for you. Hey, uh, if you are a business owner that you're like, oh man, this is the structure that we need. Well, we always say that the path for growth coaching community exists to help you create the structure necessary to keep you where your growth takes you, right? So often we see that growing a business, although it's not easy, it's the easiest part. It's sustaining that growth and creating systems and procedures and operations to make that growth predictable and to make it intentional instead of haphazard. That is really hard work. What's so cool is our team has done such an incredible job of making it simple and making it actionable. And that's called the 12 fundamentals. So if you're interested in checking out the Path for Growth coaching community, because you are an impact driven leader that owns or runs a business, just click the link in the show notes. One of our coaches would love to talk to you about what we have to offer and maybe just hear about your business, hear about what you're working on and offer you a recommendation on the best way to get involved. Y'all know this, we're rooting for you, we're praying for you, we wanna see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me, your strength is not for you, our strength is for service. Let's go, let's go, let's go.